Hallelujah. It's the most wonderful time. <laughs> Actually, I know people sometimes get uptight. They're like, we celebrate Jesus every day. Yes, oh yes, we celebrate Jesus every day. But it's, you know, commercially everywhere, people are celebrating Christmas. It's our opportunity to tell them, hey, let's tell you why we're celebrating. It's a great opportunity, and I think it's wonderful. So um, I, I'm all for it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Wonderful Jesus. So, you know, some people don't know why we are all celebrating Christmas, but they're all out there doing it. And uh, so it's our great, our great privilege to be able to share what is truly amazing, amazing grace, amazing good news. And so I'm so glad that you're all able to be here today. Hello, lovely family. Good to see you. I just like to take a moment, look at us across and see all your faces. Sometimes I get to, to see and chat with, with some of you, but I don't get to see you all. But we love you all. Tom and I are just so, so grateful for your love and your friendship and your partnership and your help and your faithfulness. And um, it just blesses our hearts to see the way uh, that you love so well. And we pray. We've been praying for you and really praying that uh, you will have a wonderful a wonderful time of uh, uh, Christmas and in the new year. Give me a wave if you are going away um, soon, if you're going away for Christmas holidays. So give me a little wave. Okay, okay, hallelujah. Oh, wonderful. Well, I hope you have a wonderful time. We're going to pray the, the blessing and the safekeeping of God upon you. Uh, but it's nice to know, you know where you all are. I know Pastor Daniel and Janice and uh, his family are heading off to Italy for three weeks pray that you have a wonderful time. He's, I think he's always one to go. Hallelujah. With his Italian uh, it's Italian blood. So they're looking forward to that. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will bless you. Can, I, can we just pray right now for our, our church family and just pray for the blessing of God over them all. Father, I thank you. We're so grateful for each and every one. Lord, I ask that you'd bless them and keep them. Lord, that you'd make your face shine on them and be gracious to them. Lord, that you'd lift up your countenance upon them and give them peace. Lord, I thank you that you give your angels charge over them to guard them in all of their ways. Lord, that you'd give them eyes to see, Lord, other people. and Eyes to see the hurting, to see the lost. Lord, that you give them grace and compassion and opportunity. Lord, I pray that they would know and experience true freedom. And I ask Holy Spirit, Lord, that they would continually live in a place a perfect peace as their minds have stayed on you. Lord, I bless them in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I so appreciate the prophetic words that come out of this house. Last week, Pastor James gave a prophetic word that was really good, but I didn't realize until Thursday and how good it was when I was in a, a media meeting and realizing, oh, that word that he had, green lights, go, do it before. New Year, all of those words were coming out in the meeting with these people saying, and I was like, this is amazing. I didn't actually think about it till after I had the meeting, went and prayed, Lord, what should I do? The Lord said, remember the word from Sunday. And I was like, whoa, God, so amazing what you're doing. And then uh, Sarah just shared a word that just lines up completely with what the Holy Spirit's given for me today. And so we really appreciate being able to hear the voice of God. Um, and we just know that the Holy Spirit is wanting to encourage you and comfort you. He's a good God. And the Bible tells us God is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. 
long-suffering, keeps no record of wrongs. It's not a definition of a thing called love. God is love. It's a definition of who God is. And he is. He is consistently, unchangingly kind. He is the definition of kindness. He's the embodiment of kindness. He is patience personified. And every time he looks at you, he loves you. Hallelujah. I just I don't want to take a long time today because I know many of you are, are celebrating uh, Tom's family being finished, celebrate Christmas Eve. We've got any other European families that celebrate Christmas Eve here? Yes. Our kids being from a Finnish Australian family, they're like they're like the best of both worlds. Can we open some on Christmas Eve and some on Christmas morning? Um, but so we'll be uh, celebrating with his family tonight, and I understand, uh, you know, the the joys and sometimes the pressures that Christmas can bring with family or family absent. And uh, so, but I want you to know that you don't walk into anything or go through anything without the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the one who loves you more than life, the one as you find him as your as your family then everything else comes into perspective. You can do all things through him. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 2. I like to be in Luke at this time of year. Hallelujah. And I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. But you could read it from any, any version and you'll hear much the same story. I'm going to read to you from verse 8. Now, we know that Mary and Joseph had arrived in Bethlehem. They'd been told by the Romans that everyone has to go back to their place of origin. And both uh, both Joseph and Mary's family had Davidic lineage. So they went back to the city of David, Bethlehem. And the prophecies all were that the Messiah would be born in the city of David, Bethlehem. And uh, so here they are. They've arrived in Bethlehem. We know the story. There was no room at the inn, as in all of the families. Can you imagine? Everyone who had a historical connection to Brisbane suddenly had to come back to Brisbane all at the same time. It would be pretty intense. I mean, we have the cricket on and all of the hotels book out. There is no rooms. I know that because sometimes I've taken too long to book speakers' rooms. Hallelujah. At the wrong time. But can you imagine? So all of the relatives' houses are all full. There is no room. There is no room. So they find some room for them with a place where they put the animals. And Jesus is born, hallelujah, in this humble place, wrapped in swaddling clothes, wrapped in strips of cloth, and placed in a manger, which is a feeding trough. In this humble place, Jesus was born. And Now we have the Savior of the world, hallelujah, who comes and lives inside of us, a humble place. He humbled himself and he came to dwell among us and and he dwells with us now. But he was born and and so it says here in verse 8, that night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly, I want you to picture this. When you read the Bible, don't just switch off and go, I've heard this. I want you to be in the moment. Have you got an imagination? Yes, you do. God gave you one. Now imagine it. They're in the flocks, nighttime, very dark. No electricity, very dark. Watching over their flocks. Suddenly, they're not expecting it. They don't know it's Christmas Eve. (laughs) Out of the darkness, 
Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. You'd be a bit freaked out. But the angel assured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I've come to bring you good news. The most joyous news the world has ever heard. It is for everyone, everywhere. For today, in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You'll recognize him by this miracle sign. You'll find him, find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a feeding trough. You must, they must have been stunned. They're like, why us? Why are you telling us? You're, you come like, ah, oh, we're humble shepherds in a field. There's only us. Why are you telling us? Would be perhaps a thought they'd have maybe later after they got over their terror. terror. But you know, we've been given this incredible good news. And sometimes we might say, why us? You know, surely the most gifted people could be given this news to go and share, but he just gives it to people. Here, I've got the best news in the world. I'm giving it to you. What a privilege we have to be able to share the good news of the gospel. Hallelujah. God's not looking for golden vessels. He's not looking for silver vessels, like Catherine Coleman used to say. He's just looking for yielded vessels people who will value what is given and steward it well. Then all at once, so this angel, and it's obviously not just a little angel, lights up the whole field. Big announcement. Today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah, Jesus. Jesus isn't a messenger of God. He is the Lord, God, God in three persons, God, God came, the Messiah came. He was born in Bethlehem, the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You'll recognize him by this miracle sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. You think that's pretty, pretty random news. I don't think even the, the Pharisees, the scribes, nobody was actually anticipating that this was the way that the prophecies would be fulfilled. He goes, the Lord, Yahweh, the Messiah, he's born. <gasps> You'll recognize him because he'll be in like a little stable uh, wrapped in strips of cloth, uh, lying in a, um, well, we couldn't, we couldn't organize a hotel. So he's just like in a stable. I don't know, but I have, a, I have a great imagination. This is like, this is a lot of information to be taking in. Then all at once, a vast number of glorious angels appeared. The very armies of heaven. That's a lot of angels. Can you imagine how many angels are in heaven? Probably not. They were all there. The vast armies of heaven. And they all praised God singing. Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. 
For there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Peace and goodwill toward men. You could read in other translations. This is the message. The good news of the gospel. Peace on earth and goodwill, goodwill toward men. I look at this and think, well, you know, if you had an angelic visitation, this probably is the most incredible angelic visitation we read about in the whole Bible. These shepherds were confronted with the message, a rescuer has been born for you. Glory to God in the highest, peace to his people, goodwill on earth toward all men. Now, this is the message of the gospel. And so I looked at this and I thought, wow, God, it's so true. You came as a rescuer for me. This is the thing that undoes me and overwhelms me every day. And we talk about the gift of Jesus. We give gifts because God gave a gift. And we can go, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. And forget to allow it to actually penetrate our hearts, our thoughts, our our emotions. God wants us to know and remember the reality of what has happened. He came. He gave himself. And he gave himself to be crucified and buried, to, to be punished in our place so that... We could be joined to him. This incredible gift. He saved us for eternity. He came to make a way for us. And and this is the way that he came to make. He said, peace. I've come to bring peace. When I look that word peace up in the Greek, it's interesting. It actually says, I'm going to read it to you exactly. Hallelujah. Very interesting word. It's not a Hebrew word. It's a a Greek word that they're using here. And it says here, uh, peace. Irene, a primary verb verb, um, meaning to join. By implication, prosperity, one, peace, quietness, rest. Primarily to set at one again. This word peace actually means, when they're saying peace to all all men, peace, we come to bring and announce the entrance of the Prince of Peace, the one who will set at one again, you and him. It is the reason this is such good news is you have been, he has come to make you one with him, to bring you into family with him. Man was separated from God. And Jesus came that we would no longer be separated, that we could be at one with him again, that we could have a relationship with him, that we could be made perfectly righteous and therefore be able to be joined to the one who is holy and pure. He came to make a way for us in, in that It had been shown that nobody, not one, had been able to live up to the standard of holiness. In our own strength, it's an impossible feat. So Jesus came and he died so that we could be crucified with him, not by our efforts, but by having faith in who he is and believing in what what he's done. We are identified with his death, burial and resurrection. We become new creations. As he is, so are we in this world. We become clean. We become holy because he gives us his righteousness. 
he gives us a new heart. When it was prophesied about the Messiah, it was, he was wounded for our transgressions. That's our sins. He was bruised for our iniquities. That is, he was crushed for our crookedness. If you look it up in the Hebrew. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus came that we might be made brand new and and all that was crooked about us taken away, that we'd be given new hearts, clean hearts and the power to live free, righteous and holy. Hallelujah. He came to announce that, hey, I am here to rescue you. To me, I... I see God as my rescuer all the time, the one that I run to. The Psalms talk about it a lot. They talk about the rock that's higher than I, that I will run into the stronghold. The righteous run into his name and they're saved. Hallelujah. We run into him and we are saved. We run to him. He is our rescuer. He's rescued us from eternity in hell. He's rescued us from from all that we were from our shame, from our sin. He's rescued us and joined us to himself as we have put our faith in who he is. We have been made one with him. We've been given peace. And he invites us into this place of rest. He's saying, I'm here. I've come so you can come. And this is what is so exciting. We can be family. Come here. I want you to have rest. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. The heart of the Father is, I've made a way for you. I've made a way for you to be able to be unashamed and unafraid. You no longer have to hide yourself like your father Adam in the garden. You don't have to hide yourself with shame anymore. I've come to take away your shame. You can freely approach me now. I've come that you and I can be family. Hallelujah. Peace. Goodwill. My intentions towards you are not to judge you. They're not to condemn you. They're not to try and measure you up against me. They've come to give. I've come to give myself to you. So you become as I am. You're no longer in a place where you have to try and get there. I just give it to you. Status. Son. Daughter. Completely holy completely righteous, regardless of how you've behaved. That's very happy news. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good news. The most joyous news ever told. It's not fair. That's what's wonderful about it. It's not fair by human standards, but it is absolutely the justice of God. The justice of God is that he would become sin so that you could become the righteousness of God. I, the Lord, love justice, he says. I'm going to give them double recompense for all of their shame, pain, and disgrace. It's like, it's like parents excited for their children to open Christmas presents on Christmas morning. If you bought something, you know, you're like, I'm looking forward to them opening that. Much more is God like, oh, I'm so excited about being able to give them double blessing for all of their pain, shame, and disgrace. I want them to know my love, my family, everything that's in my house. I want them to be partakers, co-heirs of my kingdom. I want them to prosper and be in health. And I want them to, to live a life of purpose, walking in the destiny that I've laid up for them. I want them to rule and reign as kings and priests on the earth. 
If you're waking up tomorrow morning and you haven't got anyone to give you Christmas presents, just go and think about this gift that's been given to you. This gift is remaining unopened under a lot of people's tree. A lot of Christians have been given this gift, but they just don't take advantage of it because they don't realize what they've got. They go, oh, that's nice. Eliana's come and given me a lovely little gift wrap present here. So sweet. Thank you, Eliana. Thank you, Joel and Candice. But it'd be lovely just to look at it. But if I don't open it, I'm not going to be able to enjoy it. This is the good news of the gospel. I've come that you might be brand new, that you might fully enjoy the fullness of the kingdom, that you might rule and reign with me, that you might be seated with me in heavenly places and on earth manifesting my goodness and my glory, walking free from shame and being unafraid. Now, I don't know about you, but I often struggle with fear. But the good news is it's not my fears. Because he's come and taken away fear. I don't have to be afraid. The enemy comes and he offers ideas of things I could be afraid of. And he, he, he comes. You should be afraid of this. You could be worried about this. You could be anxious about this. But he said, one of the first things that he said was, do not be afraid. Why? Because I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to be your peace. Come into my arms. Rest your head on my my chest. I'm going to take care of you. You have nothing to fear. So when you're feeling anxious or afraid, you go, hang on. I think I got a really good present for Christmas. That's right. (laughs) The get out of fear free card. Hallelujah. This is cool. What am I doing having fear when I've got this incredible gift? Yay! Woohoo! I'm going to use this. And I'd say, hey, fear, go away. I'm not buying anything that you're offering today. I've been given the opportunity to live in a place of perfect peace, at rest in Him. Though a thousand uh, fall by my side, ten thousand at my right hand, it will not come near me. I thank you, Father, though an army encamps against me. I will not fear because you are with me. Hallelujah. Wonderful God. Peace on earth. Goodwill. A lot of people are afraid to actually also believe in the goodwill of God. They they maintain some sort of pessimistic outlook that, oh, it'll never get any better. I'll just have to deal with life as it is. It's like, that's miserable. You weren't called to be miserable. You were called to have joy. He's come to give you joy, joy exceeding and full of glory. And why is that? Because your joy is not based on your temporal circumstances. Your joy is based in the reality that you've been chosen, set apart, chosen for for salvation, that you've been given the gift of life, that you've been made clean, that you've been rescued. This little life, the Bible tells us, is like a breath. Maybe 70 years, maybe 120. Who knows? But it's like a breath, the Bible says, compared to eternity. And you've been rescued for all of eternity. When you start to get anxious or worried or fearful, you need to just let yourself go and lie in the arms of God and say, can you read me the Christmas story again, God? That's right. Don't be afraid. Thank you. 
I've got the gift of not having to be afraid. Thank you, Lord, that you are my rescuer. Oh, that's so good. I'm so happy I got that. Woohoo, I've been rescued. Rescued from whatever it is the enemy might be threatening me with. You've come to bring me not only family and fellowship with you, but you've come to bring me a life more abundant, a life of, of prosperity. That is a life that is, is not to be, um, to be afraid of, not to be, to be pessimistically viewed as though, oh, we'll just trudge through this life. He's come to give you a life where you can walk in joy and hope and faith that will believe that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope or imagine. It's in the book. So just get over it. It's great. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above. This father is better than any father in this room. Any father that you've ever heard or read about. This father, he's given you the most glorious gift and he gives it every day. He gives us this gift and his heart toward us is more than we can comprehend or even imagine. Like, I want to do good to you beyond what you can cope with, beyond what you can feasibly get your imagination around. I want to do way more than that. If you were a really optimistic person and very imaginative like me, you could imagine a lot. I can imagine a lot. I can imagine a lot. And God says, sweetheart, I want to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope, or imagine. That's what he's like toward me. He's invited us into an intimacy where we begin to know his heart. That we, He doesn't ask us to trust somebody we don't know. So he invites us into intimacy, into fellowship with him so that we can know what he's like. So that our hearts are unlocked by his love and release the faith that is put within us to begin to partner with him in his divine imaginations and see his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God hasn't called you to a little lonely life. He's called every one of you, whether you're a shepherd in a field or a clerk in a bank, a mum at home, unemployed. Every one of you has been called to a life of purpose and glory. He has given himself to you. He said, now, not only have I, he hasn't just given us a piece of him. He's actually caused us to be one with him. He says, now, as he is, so are we in this world. When we are born again, the Bible says that, that Jesus was the second Adam, the last Adam. And just as Eve was brought out of Adam's side in the garden, flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, the last Adam, he was put to sleep, death on the cross. His side was split open blood and mortified, and out of his death, all who would believe in him, those who would believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died, that he rose again, can be born again. You become a new creation, compatible with God, 
flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, a new heart, a new creation. Happy, happy, happy views. Where we no longer have to view ourselves by our circumstances or the definitions of other people. We're not defined by our success or our failure. We're defined by the fact that we are new creations in Christ, having been made compatible with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, the one who is kindness personified, patience personified, now says, as I am, so are you. As righteous as I am, so are you. As kind as I am, so are you. As patient as I am, so are you. As loving as I am, so are you. As powerful. He says, now you and I have become one. He says, I want you to pray that you would know the greatness of the power toward us who believe. He, he longs for us to understand that he as the head has now given to us authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. That as we walk with him, we are not beggars hoping God will intervene. But we've now been given authority on the earth to, to um, bring his kingdom here. To make decrees and things, see things happen. He's brought us out of a, an orphan mentality into a place where you are now literally called to rule and reign with him. And he doesn't ask you to do it without also giving you the authority and the power to do it. You see, these are some of the stocking stuffers I think that people forget to open when they become born again. They forget. It's much more than a ticket to heaven. You've become a new creation. The gift of God, our kind God, invites us every day to live in that place of peace with him, to come and be in his arms, to lay our head on his breast and hear his heart. Let him speak to us. Let him calm all our fears. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. I go and I talk to him. I process with him about everything that's bothering me, everything that's worrying me. And he reminds me, don't be afraid. You've got nothing to be afraid of. I've given you the get out of fear free ticket. Here you go. Nothing. You don't have to be afraid because you are not one of those that needs to be afraid anymore. You, you are now a privileged person. It's the reality of it. And now you get to go and invite others to come and be a part of the family of God. You know, I believe that the Lord wants every one of us to recognize the kindness of God. When we desire to show love to somebody, I, I was just in the shopping center yesterday and Tom was on a, a business call and I noticed a young lady who was crying and... Um, so I went and I, I talked with her and I had the opportunity to pray with her. And um, But then as I went and sat back down, I, I watched and I watched people just walk past her. And then I watched this one man just walk past and he was just too troubled. He couldn't help himself. He went back, are you okay? Can I do anything? And my heart was like, mm, I'm so glad, God, that you put compassion in the hearts of people for people. And God is looking for us to recognize that his kindness is now what has been given to us. His kindness, this is how he feels towards you. He can't, he can't help himself and walk past you and not know, 
oh, I feel what you feel. I care about everything that you're going through and I want you to know it. And I want you to know that I've now given you power and the kindness to go and be comfort to others. Hallelujah. He wants us to recognize and understand that this kind God has come into the world and it's a game changer. Everything is different. That's why the angels are so excited. This is like game changer. You get to become little gods. It's in the Bible. It's in Psalms. Small G. He's the boss. He's the father. But we're not servants. We've been invited in as sons and daughters. Hallelujah. We've been invited in to be part of the family of God who can walk with a reality that Christ is in us and we have something to give. The love that he has given us, we can love others. Hallelujah. So I want to pray for you. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to encourage people here today. And he wants to encourage you that you are not people who need to just survive. Some people, you know, for the Christmas season, is a season that they get through. And I know what that's like. When, when there's been difficult times, you know, Christmas sort of highlights and amplifies everything. When I was having trouble with one of my kids, it was like birthdays, Mother's Days, Christmas. There were sad times because everything wasn't exactly like it should be. But they don't have to be times that you survive. God wants us to know that he is with us, that he loves us, and he wants to give us a peace that passes understanding that is not about your circumstances. He wants to give you a joy that just doesn't make sense. He wants you to remember and re realize the reality of what you've been given because when you know this, everything else comes into perspective. I have a hope. I have an eternity in heaven with my father who is better and kinder than any movies ever made a father out to be. I have the best father. The one who is better than I can even imagine. And he continually wants to reveal his goodness to me through his Holy Spirit. He came, the Messiah, Yahweh, came so that I could be joined to him. I am so special. I feel so special. It's not an arrogance. It's a divine confidence that says I'm not rejected. I'm not abandoned. I'm accepted. I'm loved. And we have the ministry now of reconciliation. We can go and take this love to others. My prayer for you is that the Holy Spirit would so reveal to you the joy of your salvation. Father, I'm asking for each and every one here, Lord, that you would reveal the reality of your love. Lord, the, the reality of your kindness to them. That they would know the hope and the joy of their salvation. Father, I'm asking that you would help them to recognize that they've been empowered to be ministers of reconciliation, to show the love of Christ. Father, I'm asking that for each and every one, Lord, that they would begin to, to look into the truth of what's been done at salvation, begin to unpack it and enjoy it, to live it, and to give you the glory that you deserve. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I just want to ask you here today, if you're sitting here and you know in your heart you haven't yet made the step where you choose to recognize Jesus as Savior and Lord, I'm going to give you an opportunity today. And a lot of people 
acknowledge, yes, I believe in God, I believe in his existence. But you know, the Bible tells us in the book of James that even the devil believes in God. Believing in his existence is not what is needed alone. We need to believe that he is the son of God, that he is capable of taking away my sins. And we need to respond to him and say, God, I want to receive your mercy. I want to receive your salvation. I want to give you my life, my crookedness, my old identity. And I want to be born again. I want to be joined to God. I want to be joined to his family. I want to receive the mercy of Christ. I want to respond to the good news of the gospel. The angels announced Peace on earth, goodwill to all men. But, you know, not all men rejoiced. All men are invited, all women, all everyone is invited. But God is looking for those who will respond. I was just reading the scripture today about the feast that was made and how people were invited, but they were just had all these different excuses. And the, the master just said, go out into the highways and the byways, invite them all in. And the, the, the servants came back and said, we've invited as many as we can. He says, it's still not full. Go and ask more. God's heart is that we would respond and say, yes, I want to come. I want to receive transformation. I, and I, I, I thank you, Father. I can't do it in my own strength. But I humble myself and say, I need a savior. I want to be born again. I want to be joined to the family of God. Today, if you want to respond to the mercy of Christ... And you want to say, yes, Lord, I want today to be the day where I cross over from death to life, where I respond to the mercy of Jesus. I want you just to wave your hand at me. If you're here and you say, yes, I want to respond to the mercy of Christ, I want to pray for you. Let today be the day that you become born again, a new creation in Christ. Is anyone here today? Just let me see your hand if that's you. I'm not going to embarrass you, but this is a deliberate act you're making where you say, yes, I choose. I choose, I see you, that's beautiful. I choose to respond to the mercy of Christ. Anybody else? Let me see your hand if that's you. It, it, what you're doing in doing that is you're saying, God, you're hum it's an act of humility. You're humbling yourself saying, I want that. I want to be in relationship with you. Anybody else? I, I, I won't bring you out the front. I just want to give you that opportunity today. I don't want to embarrass you, but I care so much about your eternity anybody else that says yes that's me I want to get my life right with God just wave and I'll see you is anybody else thank you Papa thank you Papa let me pray for you and anyone who's watching pray this out loud and believe it in your heart and you will be saved the Bible says what a good time of you to get saved let me pray for you you can if you even if you didn't raise your hand you can pray this and if you sincerely mean it in your heart, and then you go and t just tell somebody to show you're not, you're not ashamed of him. The Bible says you will be saved. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Let me pray for you. Pray this after me. Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to be punished in my place. I believe that Jesus died and rose again. Right now, Lord, I bring you my life. I bring you all of my sin, everything I've ever done. And I lay it at the foot of the cross. I bring my heart and my old identity. 
and I lay it down. I receive your life, your forgiveness, your newness of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray for each one that prayed that prayer right now. Lord, you look on the heart. And Lord, I'm asking that you would reveal your love to them, that you would reveal the truth of who you are. You're a good father. Lord, reveal your love to them. Holy Spirit, reveal the Father to them. Reveal Jesus to them. Lord, I'm asking, Lord, as they lie down, as they get up, they would know that they have been saved, that you would take away the fear, Lord, and that you would release to them the hope of eternity. You would release to them, Lord, the truth that you are the Savior. Lord, that you give them power now by your Spirit to live with a clean heart, a new heart, in the name of Jesus. I ask, Lord, that you'd encourage them, that you'd help them, Lord, that their roots would go down deep into your love and into your word. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you'd connect them to family, that you'd connect them, Lord, in a church family, Lord, that could encourage them. Lord, I pray that you would help them to be hearers of your voice. You said your sheep hear your voice. Let them hear your voice. Lord, I ask that you'd protect them, guard them, watch over them. And help them, Lord, to grow in the revelation knowledge of who you are and your great love. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.